To Rotten Mornings. This is a, a new episode of season nine. I'm Scott. I'm Matt. I'm Brandy. I'm Grim. I'm Carrie. I'm Frankie. Hey Scott, uh, I got chewing gum. Is that okay? What? Did you bring? What? Uh, uh, do you have enough to share with the rest wait, of the class? I do. Does everybody want chewing gum? Yes. Like a lot of chewing gum. Yes, I want chewing gum. Like everybody gum. have multiple pieces of chewing gum. Yes. If we we no, 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 gum. I can't. I can't do that. I've got fake teeth in. You got one thing. Let's see. Thank you, Matt. 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 Thank you, Matt.
We also uh, got a new sponsor. Uh, our uh, the grocery store that we work for is now sponsoring us. Uh, Buckeye Grocery in Alabama. We're going to be Alabama. doing some commercials for them, so you'll see a couple of commercials pop up on Rotten for them, and they they'll have a Facebook soon, and they've already got a TikTok that we've been working on a few things. Um, this podcast is now bilingual. I don't know if anybody mentioned that. It is. me, me, my. Oh my God. Spot, trilingual. Spam it, spam it. 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 it, spam it. Spam it, spam it. Spam it, uh, is Good releasing another one of their uh, like full posters. theater posters with all the different images, and for the first time ever, Rotten will be on that poster. We're yes. getting uh, some animated yes. uh, characters of us. We don't actually have a popcorn through them. No, but we're going to get animated characters, and you'll see those show up on shirts soon. Also. As I well want as. fucking spaghetti popcorn. <laughs> I will keep saying oh my it God. until somebody Every makes it happen. Every fucking day with Every spaghetti popcorn. No! So, so would you like spaghetti popcorn or spaghetti and meatballs popcorn? Spaghetti popcorn, now, they Scott. Do, okay. they meatballs do are from have India. That's not the same pizza. thing. Not all balls are from India. Hashtag not all balls. <laughs> spaghetti popcorn. Spaghetti popcorn. No compromises. Spaghetti, spaghetti popcorn or the fucking it's lady spaghetti. gets it. I am also... Don't you threaten me. Also heard, and this is just for you podcast listeners, a fun little like, uh, did you know... But uh, Mr. Fuzzy Pants will have a popcorn very Woo-hoo! soon. Yes. <coughs> will it have fuzz? Maybe. Will it be carrot flavor? I hope it's carrot. I hope it's carrot cake and it's light blue and light pink like the little tuff <laughs> of punk hair he's got. That would be funny. <sighs> so, yeah. Man, that was a great uh, segment. Carrots are we a might... funny vegetable. <laughs> It is highly possible that we have other rotten news to share with you, but if we do, we have forgotten it. Yes. So. I think yes, that have. it's really kind of, you know, we do this all the time, and I really want to point out that it's kind of selfish of us. We do this podcast, it's us and the listeners, right? And we always talk, and we always tell them our news, but we never listen I don't, to their I mean, news. We I'm never listen to the podcast. <laughs> We never listen to each other. <laughs> so uh, I thought it would be nice if, if uh, the listeners got a chance to tell us what's going on. selfish if I just don't give a shit. Does yeah, that count? You know, <laughs> listen, technically speaking, listeners. we do listen to what the listeners have to say because in this room are three of our only listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of them. Yeah. What's weird is that we've got three I of the listen, two listeners. And I listen. <laughs> and I listen. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, this is season nine. nine. We have made it nine seasons on this. Uh, how is that possible? And it's technically <laughs> episode each season, like two episodes. Like how is? Yes. I mean, some of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's technically episode one oh seven, I believe. Uh, or one oh nine, or it's one oh one. It's five thirty two. Yeah. Um, so this season will be a little bit longer season uh we will be maybe this season wait a minute hold on let me stop you right there a little bit longer as in season wise carrie sniffing the podcast or a little carrie bit... why are you sniffing the podcast a 
little bit more flavor podcast. Let's not forget that episode 100 was three and a half hours long. It's rotten. Okay, she says she can smell the audience when she sniffs the podcast. Oh, I bet they're terrible. They smell like uh uh popcorn. Nice. Not spaghetti popcorn, though, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, it's blood popcorn! Um, yeah, so uh, what I mean by uh, long, we'll have uh, many episodes of this season. This season will run until we start the massive uh, season 10. Oh, uh, and season ten will be our uh, our October season. Which, yes, that's uh, where we do the one where we do it daily. Yes, yeah, where we hate each other daily. Yes. yes. So stay tuned to the post credit scene for the podcast to get a sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a cameo there. You won't even believe. Uh, it's uh, probably got Doctor Strange in it. <laughs> probably. Stop it! God damn it, Carrie! <laughs> Uh, we're not supposed to be saying that. Hey, on the what, 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 what time, time is it? Girl. We can't say her name. Yeah. Hey. Look at her what time is it? It's taco time. Taco time. Taco. Fresh <laughs> fish. Fresh fish. Fresh fish. Um, How many times have we said podcast and not once has her fucking ass screamed podcast yet? Well, I don't want what her ass to scream about? it. Did she <laughs> It's a poo cast. It's a poo cast. There you go. Poo cast! Oh, Carrie did that. That was not me. Way to go. We don't want to lose our listeners that are here for like losing their hearing. Smob's missing. Motherfucker. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us for uh, the first half of this podcast. What, morning. The first segment. I don't know how many segments this next We're not even out of the intro yet. No, this is the intro. This is us. I, that's what I'm saying. We're not out of it yet. And we didn't even do the weather. <laughs> this is Frankie with smatter. the weather. Clouds are a thing. <laughs> oh, look, I've seen one. I have. Today. Where was it? Yeah, it was outside. Uh, so we've got we, we covered the news we covered the weather then we cover sports what sports all right guys we're going to break and we'll see you I'm back in a little bit and we're back we're back we're back uh for this Ta-da. next section i hope you guys are sitting down and strapped in and then have kicked your chair off a bridge because this is gonna be a long one yep Woo! Uh, in this section of the podcast, we're going to be talking about iconic horror icons. <laughs> iconic <laughs> icons. That's great. Yeah. We're going to be as redundant as possible. Yeah. <laughs> we are is... going to be redundant as possible. <laughs> I thought you said this redundant. was supposed to be professional now. And redundant. Poo-freshional. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, this, is, uh, this is going to be professional. We'll be handling this as the professionals that we am. I don't know Ants. anything about this. <laughs> we ants. <laughs> Rob um, does not equal professional. Yeah. Uh, but this is really exciting because these are horror films that we grew up with and, and yes. have enjoyed for years and years and years. And we get to talk about them. Finally, we've been wanting to talk about these since Always. we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast. That's not a thing. Um, podcast. And I guess the, guys, it might be a bit of an episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, remember to hydrate. Yes. 
the first one that we'll be talking about is uh, a little film that uh, uh, started a, a lot of uh, horror for a lot of people. It was uh, Friday the 13th. No. No, that's not what we're Son talking about. Son of a about. biscuit. I'll, I'll edit that out. You screwed that up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Friday the 13th. Idiots. I... F on the test. Right. <laughs> and we go to Matt. <laughs> Fail! Alright guys, so today we're going to be talking about a series of films that are quite possibly my favorite slasher, my favorite films, uh, the most bar none, if you really think about it, the most terrifying slasher that there is, and that is Smitty. Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. Alright, so real quick... <clears throat> Full uh, transparency here. Got a confession to make. So I was trying to do, you know, like uh, in-depth research for this uh, this podcast, and I did a lot of research on Freddie Cooper, oh, who is a plumber <laughs> that lives in Limestone County, Alabama. I thought it was weird that you were wanting to dedicate like a three-hour <laughs> podcast to him. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... Uh, that's who a, am I to question? That's a sponsor. You effectively <laughs> researched like a raccoon. You just sat outside of his window and went through his trash. Yeah, and now I've got charges pressed against me. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I think, I think that... Uh, tracks. Tracks. <laughs> stalkers, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, I'm going to turn it to uh, Brandy for a second to give you the statistics of the first movie. Oh, the first one. Yes. Well, the first one, A Nightmare on the Elm Street, was released on November 9th of 1984. Uh, it was directed by Wes Craven. Awesome. He was also the screenwriter and wrote the original story. And then Robert Shea was the producer, and this was actually one of the first films produced by New Line Cinema. I, I believe before that they were more of a film distri distributor, yes. mm. not producing. So, and that is why New Line Cinema is nicknamed the house that Freddie built. Uh, the budget was one point one million dollars, and the box office was fifty-seven million worldwide. On their opening weekend, they made one million two hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars. That's and uh, I'll tell you a little story about uh, my first experience with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I was uh, five years old uh, when it came out. Uh, my mom was working at a drive-in theater, uh, and she went to visit one of her girlfriends that was working at the front desk. She would go out, and she was not married at the time. She had just recently got divorced. Well, not recently, but she wasn't remarried again. Um, and me and my brother sat in the back of a white pickup truck and watched the entirety of Nightmare on Elm Street with absolutely no sound whatsoever because we weren't close enough to one of the sound boxes. And it was fucking terrifying. Like, I did not have any clue what anything meant just seeing these images and these, like, what the hell's going on? Somebody's getting drug up the wall and... and fucking this guy with long arms and these claws and then you get to the end and the girls the one of the things that i remember that always stuck in my head was the scene when the mom is like fried and slowly descends into the depths of the emptiness of her bed and it just like traumatized me as a kid and see it was that incident and you getting your butthole touched that made you into the man you are today correct <laughs> correct um <laughs> 
So, I, you know, it's it's always stood out to me as my favorite slasher. I've always had a kinship. Freddy is scary and funny, and it's kind of like what we at Rotten have always wanted to do. We are scary and funny. Um, I've always loved the personality of Freddy. I always felt like Jason and Michael just didn't have the personality that all the other slashers never had the type of personality that Robert England brought to well, the Freddy. Well, they didn't have a lot of talking. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that was the thing. Is like Michael Myers and Jason, you know, maybe they were funny. Maybe they were just shy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Say a funny uh, joke, you jackass. So I have a note about that because I did actually, like, have enough time to watch a little bit of the first Nightmare on Elm Street. So, the Freddy Krueger that you think of, like the pop culture idea of the character Freddy Krueger, is not the character in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Mm -hmm. The Freddy that's, you know, doing the one-liners, the quips, got the sense of humor, not in the first Nightmare on Elm nope, Street. not at all. The, uh, alright, so in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger's approach to child murder is like Rob Zombie's approach to filmmaking. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what I'm doing. <laughs> People think I'm okay at it. Really? <laughs> no, it's literally like he runs up to Tina. Like his whole thing throughout the movie when he's chasing kids around the nightmares, he's just like, he literally at one point says, Hey, Tina, peep this. And he cuts his fingers off. Oh, yeah. He's like, Isn't that fucked up, bro? <laughs> Isn't like, that so oh, extreme? Fuck, I need that finger. I can only do this trick once. <laughs> like, literally everything is just uh, visual. No, like The idea well, true, that you get of but... Freddy being the quip-throwing, like, goofball literally came from part three when they kind of moved Freddy into the MTV era, and it was really the interview that they did on the TV show that brought him into that area. Uh, it was, uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor was on a talk show, and of course, and we'll get back to part three, but that's where that image really started plugging away. But, you well, know, they never knew in developing the first one that Freddie would become iconic. Mm -hmm. uh, Wes Craven was not interested in doing a sequel to this in any way but whatsoever. But his producer at that point wanted it to be, well, yeah, which is why the slasher second one has nothing to do were, with Wes Craven. Slasher franchises would carry studios. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that was yeah. If you came up with a a character that got a little traction. Oh yeah, they were gonna. <laughs> but at the time that they did that, they had no idea what success they would garner from Freddy. They had well, no and idea. Not that to he mention the fact that Wes Craven like gave, like sold all the licensing, all the rights to the character mm -hmm. just to get the money to be able to make it. And uh, his producer like levied his house and yes, his everything, everything he owned. Everything. So when they made that forty-seven million dollars off the first movie, they did not get a single penny and of Wes, that money. As we all know, Wes Craven died poor and alone doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably um, the biggest tragedy of the nightmare well, story. Like, to me, and he did not come up with a single other idea for a slasher franchise. <laughs> you know, it was never produced. Well, I, I also, you know, grew up watching all of these movies, and I also found Nightmare to be the the scariest of the slashers. Like with Halloween, it's not that I disliked Halloween <laughs> and Friday the 13th. It was more that Michael Myers 
was just a guy in a mask. Yeah. And yeah. with Jason, you had a little bit more. Well, <laughs> I had to agree. Like with I said, I don't, I don't yeah. dislike them. I, I love them for what they are. But it didn't have the same sense of terror to me. And it wasn't because of each of them individually as characters. It really had more to do with the sleep thing. You can't go to sleep. The one time that you truly have no control is when you are in your dreams or nightmares. And that completely takes over your psyche. And you have no control, no escape, no, yeah. the, the thing, no running yeah, away. The thing that geeked me out about that the most is the fact that in those movies, you'll notice that what Freddie liked to do with the dreams is he wanted them to think that they were awake yeah. while they were asleep. So he would formulate these dream worlds and be like, all right, make them feel as comfortable as possible and then be like, psych, it's a dream. Ha ha ha, gotcha. You know, and like that's what always, because now you go to sleep and you're thinking, is this a dream? Am I dreaming now? Like so many times throughout my childhood, which is how I learned how to lucid dream in the first place, was because I was literally like, I need to know the difference between being awake and being in the dream world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Freddie captured that, like captured that that sense of no escape. Because in your dreams, like, how do you have you ever tried to wake yourself up when you're having a nightmare? Like, all I got to do is just wake yes. up. It's yes. a fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. And you would figure it would just be the easiest thing in the world. It's your body. You're asleep. You're telling yourself to wake up, but and you're like, I can't wake it's up. That sense of no control, like any. Any other slasher film, it has nothing to do with being asleep. And you you have this feeling of, I'll be fine as long as I run that way. Or as long as I can get to this thing, I'll be fine. But when you have no control over where you are or what you're seeing, that's the... That's the truly terrifying part to me. And I love so, the fact that Wes Craven, he was so smart in his timing of dropping the movie because the sleep, what's it called? Sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome had really spiked in cases that were reported. He had heard from an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and they managed to get to the U.S., Suddenly, their son started having disturbing nightmares, and he kept telling his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, so he kept trying to stay awake for days at a time. He finally slept, and his parents thought it was over. Well, they heard the kids screaming in the middle of the night, but by the time he got to them, he was actually dead from this, you know, syndrome. So I feel like he was so smart in the timing of that because he really played on a fear that was happening in the U.S. Yeah. I can't believe that they that killed time. a bunch of kids in order to market that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, they did the clown well, well, that's for another it. aspect yeah. to it, though, because <coughs> lack of sleep and not sleeping, keeping yourself awake in order to avoid something causes so much mental damage to yourself yes. that relates to physical damage yep. as well. I'll tell you another so, super fun fact about that particular syndrome mm -hmm. is that there is still to this day in, uh, in, in China, I believe it is, uh, that there is still this running urban legend that if you sleep with a fan running in your room, that it will kill you. So if you, there are no fans in people's rooms. They don't want a fan on them at all, even if it's freaking hot, because they're afraid that they will die because of this fan, because of how many people died from because that. Because they can't catch it, right? Yes, mm. exactly. Um, so uh, just to kind of just to kind of get us steered back here, um, 
Do you want to go over the the plot of the first one? Well, okay, like we'll just do like a quick synopsis. Sure. Basically, you've got the this group of friends that start seeing this this thing appearing in this, their dreams. Ed, this LD edge lord that sits at the back of the class. That's like he draws skulls with daggers in them on their on his notebook. Yep. And he's like, "Oh man, look how twisted that is." That guy gets into your dreams and he has a knife hand. Yep. <laughs> And, like, you, it, it progresses where you have that classic, like, as you, the viewer of the movie, look at it and go, how in the world can these parents not realize that somebody doesn't get pulled into their bed and become a fountain of blood on their own? Like, that just doesn't happen. But yeah. parents were, like, willfully ignorant. You see such an idea of cognitive dissidence in the adults in Elm Street and as you start to progress, uh, spoiler alerts, that you start to realize that the reason they're having that cognitive dissonance is because they're trying to mask their own sin from their kids. And that sin was that Freddy Krueger, God, I hate that I'm going to say this, was a child molester, child killer. He was a child killer. It was never established that he was a child molester. But here's the thing. Wes Craven said the whole time he had set up Freddy as a child molester, but because there were so many stories coming out in 84 and 85 that there was like a whole entire school that like basically took charges against the people that ran the school yeah. of this systematic rape of children in that school that he was like, all right, we need to kind of draw that back. Yeah. And that's but why it was child think about what Freddie does. He is in the beds of teenage girls in their yeah. dreams. How much more inside of them and like that is the representation of like literally taking advantage of somebody in their fucking dreams yeah. when you say someone has dreams and then you say oh i'm gonna take those dreams and murder you in them that's like such a rogue idea so i hate it but yes freddie was originally intended to be a child molester yeah. um but you know freddie goes through where all these things are happening and he starts killing all these <laughs> kids and eventually, you know, one of the kids is like, you know what? I'm going to take care of this problem. He can't keep killing my friends. And she goes into the dream world. Which, and then, which, one, which kid was this? That was uh, 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 Nancy. Uh, and, of course, Nancy finally decides she's going to do something about it. Her father is the chief of police. At that time, he is investigating the death of her friend who lived next door. Her mom has completely flipped her shit and put bars on the windows and told her basically, like, you know, this is all stupid. You're just being ridiculous. She's drunk as shit. So the one parent that she had that could have helped her was completely, like, taken out of it by herself mm -hmm. just because of her own grief. And then it kind of becomes a Home Alone movie a little bit, uh, which is a little hokey-ish. Uh, but, and her point... It's like the wet bandits if they diddle kids. Yes. But you know what? <laughs> oh my Listen, God. that being said... If Home Alone, if they actually did, if she had set up the traps from Home Alone, she would have killed Freddy in no time. Because <laughs> right. right, the so traps in Home Alone were way more dangerous than the, the traps. But listen, Wes Craven said that he had a booklet from, like, the fucking special forces that were all about how to set up, like, impromptitude, like, traps. And he just fell in love with that shit. And you can see them in every Wes Craven movie. Yeah. Every Wes Craven movie has an impromptitude trap in it. So so she sets up all these traps and then... 
And of course, Freddy comes after her. She knocks him down. She does all this terrible shit to him. She thinks she's won. And then Freddy's like, you know what? Cool. I can't fuck with you, but your mom's drunk. I'm taking her out. And he takes her out. And then at the end of the movie, she wakes up. It seems like everything is a dream. She goes and gets in the car. And of course, there's so much debate about the ending of that movie. They shot like eight different endings to it. You know, all the way from Freddie driving the car to Freddie being the car to the mom being pulled into the window, which ended up being the ending. And the way the legs bend when she gets pulled in the window is the most hilarious thing in the world. She was doing the hokey pokey. Yeah. <laughs> but, in, but in the end, what even what Robert England said is that he always saw it as if the whole movie was Nancy's dream and the last scene in the movie was really, like it was a precognitive like idea of what Nancy saw happening and when she gets in that car, that's really where all that stuff is going to start happening. So you're you're basically saying it's cowardly the the cowardly dog. Yes, it's yeah. basically courage. Yeah. Well, also the way the way they chose to end that at that time, they never expected to do a sequel at that yeah. point. In time. So we should point out that in this film was uh, I think the first film that Johnny Depp was in. Yes. Right? And it's so funny yeah. to hear, to hear Wes Craven talk about Johnny Depp. Huh? huh? No. Was it the first? Yes. Is the first I know, I know it was Johnny definitely Introducing Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yes. And it's so funny to hear Craven talk about Johnny Depp being this really shy, like, every time they cut the camera on, he's a big smile, and they're like, you know, calm the fuck down. And he still calls him John when yes. he talks were about him, looking for And like it was so funny, the scene. Yeah, they were looking for a strong football type, and they got wiry, geeky. <laughs> when when Nancy shits in his bed. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's funny, but that's how he died from the bed. <laughs> I want to point out a couple of things uh, that happened in this film that's really neat. The, the spray of blood uh, was one of the coolest effects that had been shown on screen then. Um, uh, and and uh, Craven had actually taken uh, hints from what uh, Rob Tapert and Sam Raimi had done with Evil Dead with messing with the cameras and, and different angles. So that shot is, that whole room is, is built upside down and they just pour blood, they turn the camera. And they talk about it being extremely disorienting for the actors where they feel like they're falling yeah. every time they're in the room and like having to like snap them out of it, you're fine. Now you're again, you have to remember this movie was made for like a million and one. Yeah. That room, none of this shit was safe. Oh, because no, it was built for the like, lowest amount all. of money. Like, let's build a rotating hey, room for under $100,000. Before we get too far from the ending, like, I want to bring up something for the audience that you and I have discussed before. Audience, what color was the door? Holy oh, fucking shit. What color was yes. the door that this Freddy pulls the mind Still to this day fucks my shit up so bad because... It was fucking red. I know it was red, but it wasn't. You though. go back and watch the movie, and the yeah. fucking door is blue, and it pisses me off. And I'm like, is why it? is there a blue door on this fucking building? You can see it. It's red and green, just like a sweater. It was always red and green. The awnings but were green, not, and the door though. was red, but it's not. It's like baby blue. What the fuck? <laughs> 
That's crazy. I remember we were so you're saying you're saying that you remember this, but it's not true. This is a Mandela. Yes, this is a Mandela effect for me. And you remember this being red? I could have sworn up and fucking down the door was red the whole time. I even the toys I have that have a representation of the door, it's all red. There was never a blue door. Do you do you think maybe you remember? The, the movie being that because the toys were like that? I know because and remember, I and these the toys, toys were always like weird colors. Fact, That's true. Um, My mom wouldn't let me buy Freddy Krueger toys. <laughs> no, she'd let you watch it in its entirety <laughs> while you were five. She never would let me watch horror that movies. That was an accident. Like the time she left him with his uncle and then the uh, whole time. Oops! <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I had brought up uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw these in there but uh I had brought up Evil Dead's director, Sam Raimi, who had done the, the Evil Dead films. Uh, there's a little snippet that there was a back and forth between these directors. So uh, Jaws had come out, and it was one of the scariest mm -hmm. films of all time um, to a lot of people. And then when Evil Dead came out... Well, preface that by saying it's a PG scariest movie Oh, yeah, of absolutely. Uh, like The Fog. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> it's not... Oh, fucking hell. I can't wait for your episode about the Sentinel. Ooh, I'm here for the booty! <laughs> oh, I got so much to say about the Sentinel. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, so Party in the there. film, in the in the film Evil Dead, uh, when they go down to the basement, you see a copy of um, Jaws that's been torn in half. No, it's the Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes. No, that's the second one. Okay, so yeah. it's, okay, right, right. Uh, and then so uh, to get to and that's to say, hey, Jaws was the scariest film. Our film is scarier. And then so in Nightmare, uh, the film that. Johnny Depp is watching. No, no, it's Nancy. She's in her room. Nancy's in watching. Bed. I thought it was Johnny Depp was watching. She had just hid her, hid her coffee, and her mom had come in like, "No, it's time to go to bed," and she was like, "Okay," and she goes over and cuts off Evil Dead on okay. her TV. Yeah, and that and that was that was thrown in there to say, "Hey, however scary you thought Evil Dead was, my film is scarier." And then uh, Raimi came back later With and the put the gloves eyes. and the heels of eyes. Yeah, and, and it was actually the glove is in the in the cabinet. Really awkward watching two men stroke each other like that. <laughs> you know, why can't they just be like John Carpenter, just tease himself in the middle of his own? <laughs> like he, John Carpenter, all he's gonna do is like tease you about what he's about to do. He doesn't give a fuck what Sam Raimi's up yeah. to. Mm -hmm. He's like Wes Craven, who bitch? Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's so, the thing. How about that? <laughs> Uh, have we finished the first? Well, do y'all well, have anything? What about uh, the iconic, like how it has passed on? What What is still around in our culture now from the first one? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone will answer that Definitely one. Definitely a lot of the SFX artists that were in the first Nightmare, well, that did, that did the makeup it. for it, yeah. They went on to get more acts because of that movie <coughs> and because of the way they did Freddy without having to use a mask and building it onto his face. A lot of them went on to do makeup for Scream and other horror movies. Yeah. yeah. I like how he says that he was sitting in front of a pizza and just started moving the mm -hmm. cheese and the pepperoni around and he was like, oh my God, this is Freddy's face right here. Like, I'll Oh yeah, that's, that's how his... his yeah, that what about how... where his hat came from? I haven't. I, please enlighten. When he was a child, Wes Craven, that is. Not Freddy. Yes. Cooper. Yes. yes, yes. Um, I think you had told me about this. Tell Freddy when Cooper's cat. He was a child. He was laying there in bed at night, 
and there was a man that he thought was staring at him and he closed his eyes because he thought he was just imagining it in the dark and he opened it back up and the man had turned and he was wearing the hat of Freddy and that's where Wes Craven got the idea of the that he had the hat and the trench coat and he was out in the alley and just smiling at him and and Mm -hmm. Wes was like how does this guy he just seems so happy to terrify children. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's where he got the essence of Freddy. And not to mention the fact that the name Freddy came from a bully that bullied Wes Craven when mm-hmm. he was in school. That he had a bully that used to pick on him all the time named Freddy. And wasn't he was like, that's Fred the name. Fred. No, it wasn't. It wasn't It wasn't Fred, Fred. Fred. Fred Krueger. No, it was just but Fred. But it was Fred. Well, wasn't the... Uh, it was Chad was Kruger. The... <laughs> <laughs> it was Freddy Cooper. Uh, <laughs> We're going to get a lot of trouble. He was raised by foster parents. <laughs> <laughs> Even you in, want his bank account number? <laughs> you know, even in, even in current stuff that's being filmed now that has become uh, largely popular, you know, there are so many different references back to Nightmare. And I mean, all kinds of 80s culture and slasher films. You could relate it to the whole Dude, series. Stranger Things but 4 Stranger is Things, literally... But even all about even in the beginning, though, even in the beginning of Stranger Things, where one of the main characters is named Nancy, that's definitely a throwback to the first one for sure. But the the first girl killed in Part Four is uh, named uh, uh, God. It was the girl from Part Three. What was her friend in the beginning of Part Three? Fuck! Now I've forgotten. Debbie. Not Debbie. Taryn. No, Taryn's no, not, not part three, part four. It was the girl that seemed like she was going to be the lead character. Kirsten. 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 Kirsten was the girl's name who died, and she literally dies by being drug up to the ceiling and murdered by the ceiling kill. And Robert England's actually in Stranger Things four, so it's yes. like it's all about nightmare. <laughs> it's so nice to see like today's entertainment throwing homage back to those things like mm-hmm. the, the Doctor Strange with the Sam and the Stranger Things with the yeah. like, I'm, I'm loving all of this alright well, yeah, before we move on one more thing I, have one I know I give too. this movie a lot of shit but in my humble opinion A Nightmare on Elm Street is Wes Craven's best film period um, however there was the potential there for him to do so much better than even this if he would have just made the movie about the guy that was railing Tina's mom at the very beginning. When <laughs> <laughs> she comes in to check on her after she's had the nightmare, and she's like, "Honey, are you okay?" And this guy just comes walking in. He's like, "Where you? Where'd you go? I was about to nut." You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not that movie. <laughs> well, I I have one more thing about the first movie before we move on. Uh, in just last year, in 2021. It was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Oh, fair. That's awesome. Grim, you have anything y'all want to add about the first movie? So was Armageddon, though. Um. <laughs> Damn it. You just ruined the accolade. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you just potentially ruined the accolade. Hi guys, this has been a coverage of whatever the fuck we just covered. Tune in next time for the next part of it. <laughs> is that is that what the script said, Grim? Shut the fuck up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the script says. Yeah. <laughs>
I think that I, I think that the problem with doing like all the movies in one is that we researched all the movies and a lot of those points got lost because we're going like all this all at one time. And I'd really like to focus in on movie by movie. So next episode will be part two. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in to Rotten Mornings and making this the number one rated Rotten podcast. In South you Africa. Suck. And, and uh, the top 300 in South Africa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and door, the door was always blue. You're a fucking liar, and I will beat the shit out of you. That is bullshit. Bullshit. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. Fucking goddammit. Stay rotten. Stay smartin'. The door is blue. Oh, my God. Join us next time for another episode of Rotten Mornings. Thank you.